Hey guys, Fred Dreyer here. I have a special bonus episode of the Vail News Podcast for you this week. As I mentioned in the previous show, we're going to have some sponsored interviews and sponsored segments on the Vail News Podcast coming up. And today is one of them. Uh, today's interview is a sponsored interview. And uh, the, sponsor, the sponsor is called MetPro, a world-renowned concierge nutrition fitness and lifestyle coaching company. And we are going to talk to the founder of MetPro, Angelo Poli, to learn all about the company and all about what metabolic profiling and uh, concierge nutrition, fitness and lifestyle coaching actually is. Uh, so MetPro, basically, they, uh, they assign you a coach, they assign you an expert, they analyze your metabolism and provide an individualized both nutrition plan, but then training regimen to help you find your goals. Um, I'm actually doing it right now. So we're going to talk to Angelo. I'm going to tell him all about um, why I am wanting to do this, what I'm hoping to achieve. You know, not going to lie, like I'm a lifelong endurance athlete, but don't exactly have the uh, the Brad Pitt six-pack abs that um, I'm sure all of you listeners have. So I'm going to try to try this thing out and see what it does for me. Uh, but again, this episode is a sponsored episode, um, and right now we actually have an offer through MetPro. Valenews listeners receive a complimentary metabolic profiling assessment and a 30-minute consultation with a MetPro expert. To claim this offer, go to metpro.co slash velo. That is metpro, M-E-T-P-R-O dot C-O slash velo. Okay. Uh, with all, all that said, let's get on to this interview with Angelo Poli, the founder of MetPro. Okay, now I am really happy to be joined by Angelo Poli. Angelo is the founder of MetPro, and MetPro is a concierge service that helps um, well, with a lot of things around health, fitness, and diet, and the central concept at play with MetPro is metabolic profiling. And um, Angelo, I'm really psyched to have you today. We're going to get all into MetPro. We're going to talk about how I'm going to be using MetPro, which I'm very excited about. Um, I thought, though, for uh, to start off with our listeners, you know, I was reading up on you, and it sounds like you yourself have a pretty long history as an athlete and someone who, you know, been doing endurance sports, lifting sports. I was hoping you could give us some background <laughs> with, with, with your own history in sports. I'll, I'll dive in. I'm happy to share. So I, um, I started, I, I have a background in pain and suffering also, full <laughs> disclosure. So uh, I, I started this years ago where I was just, my passion was about the human body's ability to transform, uh, to change. And that, that's both performance and, and aesthetic. Uh, and really what, what that is all about is understanding the process of adaption. And I know you can go to any sort of um, elite sports coach across any genre, and you'll read a lot about the principle of adaption. But the way that that ex extends to your nutrition, changing and adjusting your nutrition, learning and understanding about your metabolism, those are all the levers that I was passionate about. So early in my career, I actually worked with um, physique sports, 
that's i mean we're going back a couple years i was a kid but i enjoyed it it was my passion i worked with everything ranging from figure bikini to physique and bodybuilding and i was just fascinated by how much a human body can transform but as i got a little bit more mature in my career a few years passed um couple more notches on the belt. I, I just got fortunate and I got to work with um, just some incredible people that I would say I have been the recipient of, of the learning. Uh, I got to work with uh, everything from some Olympic gold medalists, NFL MVPs, top 10 CrossFitters, um, world-class endurance athletes, cyclists, ultra marathon runners, you name it. Um, from there all the way to grandparents. They just want to, you know, if they're going to invest their time and effort into getting in better shape, they want to use the the sharpest science and nutrition they know how. Um, so I've been doing that for a number of years. When I was in my early 20s, I suffered a fairly debilitating back injury. Um, anybody who's ever uh, dealt with chronic pain knows that it's a whole different beast. And so I, I had to use my brain instead of my body. And that means that for years, I basically did consulting. I consulted and, and was able to listen to, okay, what's your training strategy? What's your nutrition strategy for, for people all over the world? And started kind of connecting the dots, which led to um, authoring uh, metabolic profiling, which has evolved into a concierge coaching program, uh, which is involved, which has evolved into you and I talking today to some cyclists. So I'm, I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah. So Angelo, you are, you are talking to a lot of cyclists today on the podcast, people who are pretty familiar with the concept of power to weight ratio. You know, the stronger you are and the less you weigh, the faster you're going to be yes. on a bicycle. Uh, I guess a question for you is, how does metabolism and metabolic profiling factor in to our understanding of power and weight? So to add to the power to weight ratio um, metrics or mathematics, we want to also include recovery. Mm -hmm. So your metabolism is is intricately tied into that, your ability to recover. And everybody, oh, if I eat good, I'll recover better. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting behind you and pushing with all my might to get you into that next echelon of performance. Um, just, and I use this example because it's top of mind. It's recent. I've been working with some high level CrossFitters. And so these guys are going in and doing multiple workouts a day in, you know, pushing their body to the absolute limit. And they're, uh, they're competing multiple days in a row. And my athletes tend to really pull away from the pack on end of day two and into day three. And the reason is because the more fuel you can take in, of course, it should be the right fuel, but the more fuel you take in, the more capacity capacity your body has to recover and perform. So even if all things are equal, even if nothing has changed about your uh, power out, uh, your, your wattage, your power output, or your weight, just by virtue of you being able to maintain the same weight to strength ratio, but consume more, even that alone gives you a leg up, but it never works that way. Once you start consuming more, 
and your body weight either stays the same or if you desire it to go down and your your performance always goes up, there's ways to min-max. And that's what I love about the cycling audience because like a few other sports, they're interested usually in min-maxing their performance and the metabolism is really the the key. That's the key to taking it to the next level if you really understand where your body's at. So what MetPro does is it creates a personalized nutrition program for uh, for people like me. I guess the question <laughs> I have is why should a nutritional program be personalized? I mean, you know, we're cyclists. We know that like drinking milkshakes is bad and that eating too much saturated fat and going super heavy duty on carbs, you know, these are these are bad things. You don't want to eat the cookies and the croissants every morning. But, <laughs> but beyond that, like I guess the question is why should this stuff be personalized? And, and why does it matter? Um, okay, here we go. It, it, it's as simple as this uh, because I don't know what you need to eat. Um, and if I don't know, uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody knows. I've done this a couple days. I've died about 20,000 people. And the reason I say I don't know what you need to eat is because what all of my life's and career's experience has taught me is that everyone's body is different. So the process of individualized nutrition, it's worthless if somebody writes a nutrition program, slides it across the table and says, well, here, you're a cyclist, you're this age, this is what you should eat, or you're this weight, this is what you should eat. Now, if a meal plan is developed based on actual data points and how your body responds, now we're talking. That's something that has meaning. So I'll give you an illustration. I'll give you one weight loss and one performance. So weight loss illustration is uh, I've got a client right now. <clears throat> Love this guy. He weighs 323 pounds. He hits his elliptical every day. What does he want? Well, he wants to drop some weight. Um, he hits his elliptical every day or nearly every day. Um, he's eating about 1,800 cal- bar- barely even crossing the 2,000 calorie mark. If he's lucky, he'll drop a pound and a half a week. If he's lucky, there's nothing fair about it. It defies all logic, but that's the reality. And he's not a one-off. I see this all the time. There are people metabolically that that is just their reality. And what, what really drives the point home is then I'll get off the phone with him and I'll hop on with one of my gals and she's, you know, she, she weighs 113 pounds. She's trying to, you know, add a little bit of muscle and tone. She feigns interest in exercise, if we're being honest. Um, but if, if she even misses a snack, if she misses one meal, she'll weigh a pound less the next day. And she's eating about 3,000 calories a day. There's nothing fair about it. So you can't go by some statistics, some, you know, here's, calories expended in exercise. Here's my height, weight, and activity level. That's a fine starting place. But when you have such a huge range of individuality and how our bodies respond, the reason you need an individualized protocol is because we need to test. We call it baseline testing or benchmark testing where your body is so we can actually develop the strategy to either put on muscle or improve performance or take down your body weight and do it strategically versus just, you know, putting on a blindfold and throwing at the dartboard. That that's what that's what we're doing without baseline testing. So that's the rationale behind 
individualized, personalized, and one more piece, by the way, no matter how good your diet is, you're going to outgrow it. If it's good, it's going to be good until your body goes, okay, I acclimated to that. Now it needs to change. How do you change it? Well, if you can't track it, you can't change it effectively. So it's all about knowing where your body is at so you can make the most strategic next steps. I think all of us are pretty uh, familiar with that. Oh, that person, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I love you, but yeah, you, you know, you eat like six Chipotle burritos throughout the entire week and yeah, like lose a pound. And here I am, you know, trying to eat a salad and uh, it's it's just not fair. And, and I think that you bring up another good point, which is that, you know, as cyclists and I've read, I've read a ton of training books, like it is, we, a lot of us live by the calories in calories out philosophy. Which is just like, you know, you are looking at your, you know, your body weight and your frame and how many calories you're going to burn that your Garmin or your sports watch tells you Mm -hmm. and then adjusting your diet accordingly and sort of using this very basic metric, which, you know, I've had coaches tell me like, it's it's just all about calories and calories out. That's it. You know, at the end of the day, you want to stay refueled, but calories and calories out if you want to lose weight. So I think that, you know, the concept of personalized metabolism or or of metabolic profiling and everyone having their own individual metabolism probably is going to resonate with some of the listeners out there who, you know, have done a lot of the calories in calories out and have not, uh, not lost weight because like you said, it's cruel. It's not fair. It's not, it's not that that's it. And, um, and I and I shortchanged us here because I told you I'd give you one example of, of a weight loss and, a, and another example of a performance. Here's the here's the trap that it's so easy to fall into, and that is um, thinking that oh I'm, I'm going to perform better if I'm lighter. Now, uh, for a lot of sports, not just cycling, a lot of sports that is true, but there's a really big asterisk on that. That is, you're going to perform better if you're lighter, but any performance gains is going to be more than negated if it means that you're in a deficit in your energy intake when when competing. So that's where timing is critical. So um, I had a, a, a number. This has happened more than once. I had an athlete who is on the competitive, you know, competitive level, and. Uh, he wanted to really look his best on a day to compete. And so he, he just, he insisted that he be at his optimal body composition for, com- for competition day. And so, you know, there's good examples and bad examples. This is, this is a not so good example. I tried to convince him, how about you look your best a week after competition day? And no, he wasn't having it. And don't get me wrong. He did fine, but he didn't really live up to his, ultimate potential because he went in in a state where he was not fueling his body optimally for performance. He was fueling his body optimally for an aesthetic at that point in time. And there is nothing wrong with that. Just know that it's a choice and understand the differences. I get people come to me all the time and says, Hey, Angelo, I want, here's, here's what I want. I want to, you know, I want to lean out. I want to build some muscle. I want to have more energy and I want to be stronger or perform better in the gym. And I say, great. Now let's do some real goal setting. I need you to scratch three of those off the list and let me know what you're left with. 
pick one thing. What is your most important? Doesn't mean we're not going to do all of them. It means that we have to focus on one at a time. So what's the absolute most important? And then it comes out. Oh, well, you know, I have this high school reunion in three weeks and I really just want to drop 15 pounds. Great. Here's the program because it looks completely different than if we were trying to, you know, check all of these boxes at the same time. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm in no rush. I'd like to buy, you know, three, three, four months from now, I want to be 10, 12 pounds down. But what I want is to hit PRs every time I'm in the gym. Great. Here's how we're going to do that. And guess what? That program looks totally different. So that's where the specificity and the, the personalization comes in. Well, I think that's important because I do think that a lot of uh, cyclists um, hear and read about the, you know, especially with the concept of weight loss um, as it pertains to performance. And there's always this fear of like, okay, if I am running a calorie deficit and trying to lose weight, I can't do that during a period in which I'm training heavy or getting ready for a race because you don't want to impact performance. And there's always these stories you hear about, um, you know, crash diets that endurance athletes go on, or even just like restrictions, you know, in the lead up to a race and then someone completely bombs because they adjusted their nutrition. I mean, how do you take that into account when you're dealing with, um, athletes who are, you know, focused a little bit more on performance than like, I guess how they're, they're, you know, how they're looking. So we look at lots of analytics to come to determinations of what we can and can't do and provide options. But the two heaviest weighted analytics that I would be looking at in that case is schedule, timing. In other words, is your weight, is your race two weeks out or is it 10 weeks out? Because that that plays a huge difference. Um, and where is your current metabolic rate and intake? So if somebody has a race that's, you know, say, let's just say eight weeks out and their intake is currently high. So I know I don't have to go into massive deprivation, massive depletion in order to strip some weight off of them. I may say, okay, here's the deal. We want you optimally, I'm, I'm pulling numbers out of a hat here, but we, optimally we want you 15 pounds lighter. Um, I'm not taking you down 15 pounds in eight weeks. Here's what I will do. I'll take you down eight or nine pounds in four to five weeks, and then I'm going to upregulate your metabolism so I can push a lot more fuel through you um, come race time. And a two to three weeks is going to be enough time for me to upregulate you. Now, if their race is eight weeks out and I'm looking at it and already they're on the lower side of the intake, then really I only have time to upregulate. Otherwise, we're going to sacrifice. We're going to sacrifice some performance. Or maybe their race is just in five or six weeks, but their intake is super high and I already have their metabolic rate and a weight maintenance. They're in stasis as far as their body mass. And it's not going to be painful at all to do a quick five, six pound drop and still bring them right back up and just hold that weight with the activity that they're doing. The big piece that people forget about is that your metabolism isn't static. When you decrease your intake, your metabolism slows down. I don't care how great the diet is. You might be on the world's greatest diet. If you're eating less, your metabolism has one job, prevent you from dying. That's it. And the only way it can do that is by acclimating to that lower intake. So even with a good diet, 
your metabolism will slow to compensate for the restriction. And you know exactly how long it takes. Some people genetically, their body closes that gap quickly. Some people genetically, they close that gap slowly. But eventually, they will hit homeostasis. In the diet industry, we call it plateau. <laughs> but it's really just the metabolism doing its job. Well, guess what? When you start eating more, you might gain some weight, especially if you do it wrong and you raise your intake too too far too quick. Then you could gain some weight. If you do it slow, usually you don't gain as much weight, especially if you have a lot of output. The reason is because your metabolism will start acclimating up. And even if someone says, no, I tried that. I increased my intake, but I gained a few pounds. You still plateau. We, ne we always think of plateaus as going down. We don't think of plateaus as going up. In other words, if you were to add, Fred, if you were to add a, you know, a thousand calories a day to the end of your day, um, you'd probably start putting on a little weight. Um, but how much? Let, let's actually, let's do this. Let's do this mental experiment together. You know your body. So yeah. There's no wrong answer here. What would happen if we added a thousand calories a night to your diet? How much weight do you feel like you might gain in, in a month? That sounds glorious. I really want to add a thousand calories to my diet. In this. Is, right? is it delicious food? I hope it's delicious. It's food. delicious food. Okay. Yes, it's a, a thousand calories worth of uh, burritos and ice cream, and not a thousand calories verse uh, of worth of like uh, kale salad, un, un, you know, uh, undressed kale salad. Okay, so in this scenario, I'm going to uh, add a thousand calories of delicious food every night, and at the end of the month, I'm going to guess that I will have gained. Uh, Intuition, what, 10, no math here. 10 pounds? What do you feel? 10 pounds. 10 pounds? Yeah, 10 yeah. pounds. Okay. You're the expert on your body. Yeah. I said that's a ballpark. Great. Now, how much would you gain if you just kept that in for a year? Oh, I mean, if it's just basic math, then it's 120 pounds. That's that's not going to be good for my uh, my Strava campaign to go set the Strava records. Not going to be good for Strava. I'm going to tell you a secret, Fred. Yeah. There is nothing you can eat that's going to put 120 pounds on you in a year. Not going to happen. I mean, should I try? I could try. I, we could try this. We can see. <laughs> so what will happen is you're going to gain some amount of weight. 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20, 25. And then your metabolism is just going to acclimate. It's going to raise up enough to do its job because if you don't stop gaining weight, you die. You just continue to grow until you die. You're too big to live. So your metabolism is going to do its job. It will tap out at some point. And that point is going to happen way before you reach your quote unquote mathematical tap out point. So quick math, a thousand calories a day equals 7,000 calories a week. Um, there's 3,500 calories in a pound of body fat. Therefore, two pounds a week, 52 weeks in a year, that's 104 pounds. You will tap out. You will plateau going up well before you hit 104 pounds of weight increase. Not going to happen. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to love the 25 pounds you gain, but you're not going to just keep gaining and gaining and gaining and gaining. Eventually, your body will find a way to acclimate to it. Some people have a greater genetic propensity to, to gain more than others, but at some point, your body's going to find homeostasis. So why are we so shocked when the exact same thing happens when we go on a diet?
Nobody says, oh, I went on this, I went on this restriction plan and uh, I had to get off of it. I just, I started losing too much weight. I overshot. My goal was 15 pounds, but I lost 30. I didn't even mean to. You don't hear that. <laughs> it just, it doesn't happen because your metabolism acclimates. Instead, what you hear is, man, five pounds came flying off, but it's taken me two months to lose the next five. That's your body doing its job. So wouldn't it be cool if there was actually a mathematical equation that looked at your intake and how your body is responding and then suggested based on your weight loss or weight gain, we have about X amount more to lose before it's actually going to be in your advantage to switch to a metabolic upregulating cycle for a while. Recondition your body to get used to a little more and then we do a cutting cycle again. So I'll, I'll give you an illustration everyone can understand. So I, I've got to work with a few of the folks that um, years ago were on Biggest Loser and now they're just trying to be healthy and live their life. And, um, and, and it's, it was a really neat experience working with these individuals just from my metabolic geekiness, right? So some of these people have lost an incredible amount of weight. But what a lot of these shows do, and by the way, I know some of the trainers that have been on that show and they're, they're great people. Um, this isn't about that. This is just about the concept and, and about Hollywood. So here's what happens. We're going to have you do a ton of exercise. We're going to restrict calories. We're going to lose weight. Next week, we're going to try and lose more and more and more. Well, from a metabolic standpoint, that tanks your body. In order to stay alive, your metabolism just conditions to less and less and less food becomes more and more and more efficient, which is why ultimately it's so hard to maintain that weight loss. So how should it have been done? Well, somebody has 100 pounds to lose. Let's take off what we can with reasonable restriction and increased activity. And then when your metabolism taps out, instead of getting even more aggressive, let's go the other way. So now let's take 30, 35 pounds off. Now let's pause for six weeks, upregulate your metabolism. Maybe over that six weeks, you maintain your, your weight. Maybe you gain a pound, but your body is used to twice as much food as it was at the very bottom rung when you were dieting down. Now we take off another 20 and rinse and repeat. And we do it in stages. That's how we protect your metabolism and make it sustainable. Problem is, it makes for terrible TV. It's not exciting. Time out. We're just going to take six weeks off here, right? So for sportsmen and sportswomen, for, for somebody who's um, an elite athlete, that process is even more critical. So what's the first thing we have to do? We have to sit down with your training schedule. And there are some training schedules that are, hey, these two weeks, yes, you're training, but your volume isn't at a point, your intensity isn't at a point that's going to hurt us if we focus on stripping a few pounds off in those weeks. These weeks here, we need to at minimum be in a weight maintenance. And this week here, we need to be not only fueling you what you need, but we need to be banking extra for reserves for, so that way you're at the top of your competitiveness. And so that's where the, you know, the, the precise individuality of it really comes in. And the key, it, it comes back to knowing your metabolism, baseline testing and tracking. And that's how the magic happens.
I mean, it's an interesting process because to me, it sounds like it's a process that's never really done, right? I mean, it's like if you are wanting to continue to uh, to lose weight and even maintain your weight, you're having to um, adjust your diet pretty regularly, which I think is just kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people. And I think that a lot of us, especially endurance athletes, sort of like settle into our eating habits and our own food habits and just kind of go from there, which, I, you know, it's a good segue into to me talking to you about why what brought me here today which is that i'm going to try met pro out and I, you know i wanted yeah. to tell you angela <laughs> a bit about myself you know okay, let's do it all right i am a uh, 37 year old man i am a lifelong endurance athlete i was a swimmer all through college then i got heavily into triathlon running swimming i just you know i love endurance sports cardiovascular activity but because of this i never I like I like never learned good eating habits because I always yeah. took for granted that I could just eat whatever I wanted whenever I wanted and I would burn it off and like right. in my 20s it total that that happened it was great just never had to worry about it and then you know in sort of my early to mid 30s I would notice like oh wow I had pizza three nights last week and like <laughs> you know or like or just yeah you know training would go up and go down and I'd put on weight and now that I'm in my late 30s um, I mean, I'm fit. I run whatever, 35 to 40 yeah. miles a week. And I wouldn't say that I'm not fit, but like I'm not tone and I got some extra stuff hanging off of me. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that I'm looking forward to in doing this, so I, I'm at the very beginning, I'm going to do MetPro and, yeah. and we're going to check in in a few weeks and I'm going to. Who's your coach? Do you know? Um, I do not know quite yet. I've been delayed by the Tour de France about getting Understood. totally Understood. involved into everything, but <laughs> we're going to do a before and after and see how it's worked for me. And I'm going to give my unvarnished opinion of, of You're gonna what crush it was like it. it. Um, I guess though, when you look at, I mean, do you have a lot of people like me who come and, and what are some of the factors about my life that you want to know more about? Like, what are the questions that, that spring to mind about an, a person like myself? You, you hear that sound? That's me rubbing my hands together. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I'm going to, can I, I mean, we're just going to do dive in. Can I ask you? So you don't yeah. say, you're not you're like, hey, all right. So I, I can ask you some nah, questions. Yeah, 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 for sure. Let's do this. Okay, so you're 37. Yeah. What What's your height and current weight? Uh, six foot three, one eighty five. Okay, so you you're not overweight. No. That that's not the that's not an issue here. Um, but it's not distributed the way you want. I'm guessing based on what you said. Yeah, correct. Belly is where mostly tip it with somebody your height and weight. Then if there is any concentration of body fat, it ain't in your arms. It ain't in your legs. It's in your, it's in your belly. It's is that in correct? Belly. Totally yeah, okay. in my belly. So a couple things first to know. So I'm looking at body composition. So now we'll, we'll put the performance on the shelf for just a second. Now we're just talking aesthetics here. Your body type, you're going to be a classic. I haven't seen you, but odds are your classic ectomorphic body type, which is typically longer legs, longer arms, more of a petite musculature and skeletal system. If you carry or accumulate extra body fat, it doesn't go to your arms or legs, it would go to your stomach. Um, typically, you have faster genetic metabolism, which means when you decrease your intake, it takes longer for your body to acclimate to that, which defaults to you lose more weight from that. Um, also, it means that when you restrict your intake, you can start stripping and becoming catabolic and taking off muscle quicker, which means you have to take additional precaution to keep the muscle tone and the muscle size that you want. With your body type and what you're, you know, what I'm hearing from you right now, um, <clears throat> a more medium build person 
we'd want to get them um, to kind of an, an I'm going to say an intermediary body fat percentage, because what happens is when you carry your body fat evenly throughout your body, um, then even if you have uh, just a modest, I'm not going to give exact numbers because that'll confuse people. It depends on what measuring metrics you're using. But if you have just a moderate amount of body fat, usually the appearance is still aesthetically pleasing. With an ectomorphic body type, it's typically easier to strip body fat. But Fred, I need to take your body fat percentage down low. Mm. And the reason is because it you only have it in one last spot. It's not going to come a little bit from your lower body, a little bit from your, it's no, it's, I got I got probably um, for a 37 year old man. Now we're talking about subcutaneous or skin fold test. I want to see under 10% body fat. Not that that's critical. You need to be there to be a, a, you know, an incredible athlete, but just because I know we can, so why not? <laughs> so um, let's get you. So to give you kind of a perspective, 10% is where your stomach is flat. And if you tense, you can see your abs. Once you get below 10, that's where the guys, you know, that aren't flexing, you can see their abs. You know, that's e each percentage below 10% body fat. Yeah, typically. Now we're talking Tour de France cyclists. There you uh, go. At that level. There you go. So we can, so we can do this. So, um, y y I mean, you, you kind of already raised your hand and said, here, here's what I, so just get, hit me with it. I don't need gory details, but what's your, your current eating like? And then we'll talk about training. You know, my eating isn't that bad. Although, so I, you know, my, my, I usually have, uh, oatmeal or like an English muffin with butter and jam in the morning, um, a lunch, I'm getting better at planning for lunch, but lunch tends to be something that I haven't planned for because it's been busy at Velo News. Mm -hmm. Tour de France is going on. It's zany. Right. It's crazy. Sometimes it's just like some fruit that I have lying around the office, or sometimes I run out and get a turkey sandwich or something like that. I think where I get into trouble is I usually, if especially when I don't eat lunch, I snack a bunch before dinner. Um, Got it. I'll eat like bunch of cashews or some corn chips or uh you know i just i'm hungry and i get home and the stuff is there and i eat a bunch and then i have a dinner which you know my wife and i were usually good about eating fish and salads and having well-rounded dinners although we will go out maybe one or two nights a week um and you know i, I like i look at my diet and i'm like man you know i don't like drink a lot i I used to do desserts a couple times a week, maybe two times a week. My wife is pregnant right now, so the ice cream is hey. ice cream level has increased at the house. <laughs> warp, uh, warp nine ice cream level. Yeah, I yeah. love it. But, okay, yeah. so no, this is good. So, first of all, here's what I want to say: Don't think in terms of right or wrong, good or bad. Here, this shouldn't be. Although <clears throat> I have to tell you a little story that you'll think is funny in my office. I have a sign right behind the uh, the chairs where people will come in and sit down. I have a sign right behind it so they can't see it that says, I know this isn't how you normally eat. Mm. And then, you know, I'll ask them, so tell me how you eat. And they'll always start with, well, this isn't how I normally eat. But and then I'll just point to the sign like, ah, got it. Yeah. Got it. So we're, we're usually people don't do a good job of having a self appraisal unless they start tracking and logging and they say, okay, this is how I eat. So this is music to my ears because what I'm looking for here is leverage. So <clears throat> here's the truth. You want to talk about, uh, you know, oh, you can't eat that. That's no good. You can't have ice cream at night. You can't have, you know, a sandwich at lunch. You can't do jam with your English muffin in the morning. What are you thinking? Well, guess what? That's exactly what you're doing. And it's sustaining your weight at 185 pounds and you're six foot three. 
So apparently you can. So that's the only metrics that I'm interested in is what's currently sustaining you. So knowing what you're taking in, I'm going to build you a baseline meal plan. Now, You'll sometimes, if you've heard any of my education before, you've heard me talk about baseline meal plans and benchmark meal plans, and they're both basically the same thing. One just adds a component to it. So a baseline meal plan, uh, they suck, by the way. They're hard to do, but you just do them for a few days. So I'm going to give you essentially a bite for bite, eat this. So I know exactly how many meals you're eating. I know exactly what the calorie load is, what the meal by meal macronutrient breakdown is. In other words, how much protein, carbs, fats, um, and even, even to whatever degree we can, roughly the timing of those meals. I, I know exactly what you're basically inputting. I know exactly how much you weigh and what your current energy levels are and performance levels are. We're not going to have any variables with your training. If you're exercising, you're going to keep your normal routine going. So we take that variable off the table and then I'm going to find out what the output is. So after a few days, I'm going to say, okay, on this baseline meal plan, you responded by gaining two pounds or you responded by losing two pounds. And then we're going to do the same thing for your energy levels, say a T, you know, and compare. That gives me empirical, undeniable, indisputable data on how your body is actually responding. So there is no should. Unfortunately, there's nothing fair about metabolisms. I'm eating XYZ and I should be losing weight. Yeah, but you're not, right? No. Then we have to change something. So here's our strategy based on what you're doing. Or I should need to, I should be able to gain weight eating this. Yeah, but you're not, right? <laughs> so it, if we look at what actually happens, then we can get accurate with your next steps. So we're going to layer that with the benchmark aspect. So what a benchmark meal plan is, is not just a static input that I can track, but it's actually a meal plan that I've also had other guys in their mid to late 30s do that are about your size at about the same intake level. So I have data points on how hundreds, if not thousands, depending on which benchmark I put you on, um, how hundreds or thousands of people have responded on the exact same meal plan. And then afterwards, we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to say, Fred, I got good news. Your metabolic rate is just fine. You're responding nicely. You weren't even supposed to lose weight on this, yet you're already down a pound and a half. Or I'm going to come back. I'm going to say, Fred, I've got bad news. Your metabolism isn't so fast. You know, 84% of people lost two pounds in X amount of days on this, and you gained two. That tells me your metabolic rate is slow. So now knowing that, here's our strategy. And what we're going to do is we're going to decide if we have enough metabolic leverage to push a stripping or cutting cycle now, or if we need to upregulate your metabolism first. And most people can go right into a cutting cycle. And Fred, you definitely can go right into a cutting cycle because I have lots of leverage with what you're eating. So what we'll be doing is we'll be taking this and just structuring it. You don't have to go radical. The next thing that I'm going to want to know about is tell me about your schedule and tell me about your wife's schedule. That She's such an important equation in this. What's your work schedule like? What's your sleep schedule like? It doesn't do me any good to build this perfect strategy that has no relevance in your life. 
people ask me all the time when I'm in seminars, Mr. Boley, I've seen your, you know, celebrities or athletes that you've worked with. What's the magic food? What's the secret to training? And I tell them all, you're asking the wrong question. The, the secret, the magic is time management. You have to understand your schedule, what you can and can't do, and then optimize around that. So a lot of people say, oh, I know how to food prep and I know how to you know, eat clean and, and do, do these things. Perfect. If you work with one of my experts, what I'm going to do is make sure that you are able to do all the things you already know how to do much faster because that's the difference. If I give you a strategy that works, but it's three hours a day of effort, it doesn't work, does it? It has to be something that not only works, but we can get quicker and quicker at and reproduce and then take next steps with and evolve to. And a lot of people are afraid. They're afraid of, well, I don't want to do something that's not sustainable. And I'm willing to roll up my sleeves and do X, Y, Z, but I'm not going to do this forever. So why start? I'm not aiming for forever. What I'm aiming for is a change in your metabolism. So you want to stay 185 pounds, Fred? You can eat uh, English muffin and jam for breakfast. You can eat fruit or a turkey sandwich for lunch. You can have snacks and corn chips and nuts in the afternoon and then a dinner on top of that. And you can still stay at 185 pounds. When I get you, if you say to me, and I have no idea what you want to be, let's say you want to be 179 to really bring that weight down and the power ratio up. I'm actually going to diet you down to 176. And then over the course of three to six weeks, I'm going to condition your body to eating more and more and more until you gain three pounds back and plateau going up at 179. And then in order to maintain that 179, you have to eat even more than you are today. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not easy. This takes work. But you absolutely can transform your body. You can transform your performance by bringing in some metabolic science. And it's a lot of fun too. <laughs> well, Angela, I'm really looking forward to get uh, to getting started on this. And you know, I've divulged all my secrets to you of my, uh, <laughs> my, my diets and my weight. And uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna check in with you in a few weeks um, to awesome. get a catch up on how everything's going with my own experience with uh, MetPro. But again, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today to talking and, and talking and talking me through this, putting my fears at ease that I'm not going to like, uh, you know, <laughs> fall over one day. <laughs> oh, no, you're going to do awesome about this. Maybe next time we talk, what we could do is we could dive into the training side and then talk how the nutrition would fit into that because that's such a huge factor. I get lots of people tell me, hey, I'm a cyclist or or an endurance athlete and I do a lot of running. And I, you know, I find out that they're runners and they do, you know, 12 miles a week. Well, we don't have to worry about that too much. They may say, oh, I do 60 miles a week. Okay, we got to factor that in, right? So we got to figure out where you're at. So that'll be, that'll be fun. We'll save that for a next one. <laughs> All right, Angela. Well, thanks so much. And yeah, we will catch up pretty soon. That'll be awesome. Thanks for having me so much. Well, my thanks to Angelo Poli for coming on the podcast and talking to us all about MetPro and uh, metabolic profiling. And again, we have an offer for anyone out there who wants to try it out. 
Uh, Velnews listeners receive a complimentary metabolic profiling assessment and a 30-minute consultation with a MetPro expert. To claim this offer, head to metpro.co forward slash velo. That is M-E-T-P-R-O dot C-O forward slash V-E-L-O. Okay, I will catch up with you in a few days on the next episode of the Velo News Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,